In a rapidly changing world, people wonder more and more about where their food comes from and how it was grown. The farmers who grow America's corn understand how important this is and want to share the stories from our farms of how we are working to grow an incredible crop that can be an answer to sustainability questions and is grown by men and women who value the air, water, soil, and our natural resources just like you. To find out more about how corn farmers are working to feed and fuel a vibrant economy and healthy planet, visit ncga.com. NCGA, a commitment to the future. Has it been a while since you flipped that thermostat from heat to cool? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services before you do for an $88 AC start and check to make sure your AC is in tip-top shape. Griffith specializes in carrier, but services all brands. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today. Your local carrier expert. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. Going on, DJ Nation. Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the CJ Cup. As usual, I am here with my favorite uh, Canadian, Tyler Tambolini, who missed last week. We missed you last week. Tyler, how you doing? And happy Canadian Thanksgiving there, my brother. Yeah, thank you. I'm doing well, man. Happy Canadian Thanksgiving to everybody out there, all my Canadian brethren and folks that follow along and support. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, I ended up doing turkey today, so I'm a little bit tired off of that because you know sunday's football day and golf day and lakers winning the championship day and everything else going on yesterday so you know luckily i got a supportive family who's thinking that's the plan and rolled that out had a nice little dinner tonight and get ready to do the pod happy to be back thanks to bear off again for filling in last week before we get into this week really quick and just remind everybody this podcast is sponsored and presented by rotogrinders.com you can head on over to rotogrinders.com slash dgen get yourself five bucks off the first month Try out the core four, get all the awesome stuff they got going on over there, and then all my other content as the week goes on, on top of NFL as the week carries on past PGA Lock. But nice little event here last week. We uh, we keep the thread or the trend going, I should say, Kenny, of these guys that just come out of the blue and decide this is the season they're going to thrive and win, right, out of nowhere. So Martin Laird, 250 to 1. I know our boy Sundog Monkey, Martin himself, he, he got, got it done over there. And I'm a little bit pissed. I'm happy for him. Congratulations. But, you know, I wanted to get that – in and he even tipped it off he punched you right in the face with it on a mention saying hey good job to bear off filling in for tambo that was nice i'm happy that kenny and bear off are talking a little bit about martin laird and and good thing i tipped him at 250 to one i feel good about that and i couldn't just chuck 20 bucks on each way so uh, i missed that one but congrats to to sundog monkey our guy what'd you think yeah i mean it was actually a pretty exciting event of course i bet uh martin laird lie i didn't bet him pre-tournament like martin did 
Uh, Martin got him a 251 pre-event, but I had him as one of my favorite top 20 bats at plus 600. And on, on the podcast, of course, last week, I did say he was my favorite 6K play. I actually used him in cash, uh, which is weird because, like, I, like I went two for four again in my cash game cornerstones, and, like, all my, like, cheap plays end up doing well, and it's always the top-tier plays that miss the cut. Like, last week, a couple weeks ago, it was, like, Stenson and Morikawa – not Morikawa, Stenson and Zal Torres that missed the cut. And, of course, that, that's the one cut Zal Torres missed, and he's top ten the other three events he's fucking played, which is fucking tilting. And then last week, of course, I had Hideki and Morikawa – they both missed the cut. The other two made made the cut. And then I had Malnati the week before in cash. He came in second. This week I had Laird in cash. He came in first. So, like, my, like, cheap plays are doing great. You know what I'm saying? I just can't pick the top plays, which is weird because they seem like they were good plays. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't see anything wrong with them going in. So I'm going to keep the system going. Um, watching it was great. Uh, I was able to catch, you know, well, first of all, I was able to catch Laird live 150 to one when he was two strokes behind the leaders on Thursday. Uh, I thought the number was pretty large for a guy who's won this tournament before and lost in a runner up to a hole in one on a playoff hole with Jonathan Bird. Uh, so, so I threw that in there. Shout out to Martin again. Um, and, and watching that event, you know, of course, watching golf is always more fun when you have money on the line. Uh, but it was still very, very exciting. I mean, the, the shots uh, on the back nine, actually starting in the ninth hole, you saw Laird with that amazing <laughs> a bunker shot. I mean, the thing about it is I think the announcers made it a little bit more difficult than it was, uh, you know, saying he can get hurt and stuff like that. But, I mean, yes, it was a Friday, but it was on an upslope. You know, the ball is just going to pop up straight in the air. That's just what it does uh, when it's buried like that. And that's exactly what he needed on that shot since he was short-sighted. And, and it was definitely a little bit of luck that it went in. Uh, but I didn't think it was like the impossible shot that the announcer said it was going to be. Uh, and then you saw sort of the nerves come in with Martin. Um, he made that huge putt on, um, oh, what was it, 16? I think he had a, he had a long birdie putt. Seven, or a long, uh, I think it was birdie or par. I'm not sure. 17, he had that amazing chip where he sh- basically shanked his tee shot on a par three. Had, he was dead. He had no shot, played this like skimming three foot chip, like underneath the trees, bounced in the rough, left himself about a 20 footer and drained the 20 footer. And then the nerves again showed on 18, uh, where, you know, he left by the green in two, chipped it up about 25 feet short, just barely missed uh, the par putt to go into the, uh, to go into the uh, playoff. And then of course, Cook and, um, Wolf both had their chances on the last few holes, both made some clutch putts. Wolf had that amazing, I mean, he, he hit pitching wedge on a par five, on that final par five on 16 to make eagle. I mean, he had like 164 yards left on a par five. So that guy just crushed his drive. He's playing some amazing golf um, here. Easy course, hard course, doesn't really matter. He's been up there. He's really showing his skill level, trying to get up there with more cowas, the Hovlands. I think he's probably above Hovland now. The Schefflers, Ims, all those guys. He's He's probably right behind Morikawa just because he hasn't won a major. And I think when it comes to current form, he's probably above Morikawa. So these young boys are doing really, really well. Um, what did you think of the week? Yeah, I thought it was really good, man. Like I said, it was, you know, that bunker shot, like they did over-exaggerate it some. But at the same time, that's probably one of the better bunker shots I've seen. That Just the way it was, the way it had to come out, the idea. I mean, you get, got to get lucky on a spot like that too. But what a shot. You know, it's crazy Then he saves that par. And like you say, just the nerves on 18, They the commentators even mentioned it. If he's out there on a – 
Tuesday afternoon warming up or practicing Wednesday and hits, you know, 10 of those and probably nine of them drop within three, four feet. And, yeah. and instead on the, you know, the nerves and how much, how hard it is to win one of these things. But I forgot to our boy bear off. I know he had Hatton last week. We'll talk about in a minute, hoodie gate. And he had uh, wolf and, and had the double and yeah. wolf. I thought wolf was going to get there, man. He got to see the same putt on the first hole of the playoff that he had just had in regulation. And he did get it a little bit more inside, a little bit closer, just missed. And, and I thought he had that. And there's a good, I'm all happy about Martin Laird and, and our friends of the pod winning and whatnot and everything that goes with it. But I like to see Wolf, man. I, I like these up and comers, you know, there was other guys in the mix, but as far as the playoff, he was the guy I was rooting for, for bear off as well as just in general, like you said, it's part of that young guy. He's 21. You know, some of the comments he made after I saw some interview stuff of him saying like, it's all good. He just feels on top of the world after the U S open where, if you can do it there and be in the mix in that thing, you can pretty much be in the mix in any tournament. And he was a guy that I probably was putting behind Hovland. And I know they switch around so often. I'm still super bullish on Morikawa. I have to stay there with that one. And not just because the major, just everything about it, the cuts made, the upside, the everything that goes with it. And the fact that he did win the major so young and all that. But again, Wolf's only 21. There's so much time. And he's just been dominating, like I said, pretty much every type of course. So I do love to see it. His price is 10000 now. We're going to talk about Daily Fantasy and the tiers in a little bit here. But good good for him. That's 61 he had with the three eagle stretch and everything. Oh, my God. That's so sick. Yeah. That's one of the most insane stretches <laughs> ever as well. And just the thought process of how it can even happen. Like, that's insane. And then some of the other stuff, you know, just pops out to me. And you can take it from there. But, you know, Will Zalatoris did his thing. Unfortunately, I mean, he's going to get there. It's so obvious. But he needed a top five two-way tie or better to get the special temporary. And now he gets a top five three-way tie. So right there, did his thing. I mean, I wish he could have made one more just to lock it up. But he's, he's obviously going to. Excited about that. Uh, Bryson with the 71 on Saturday, followed with the 66, still finishes T8. I mean, he's in the mix of everything right now. It seems that's not going to go away. We're going to probably talk a little bit about him and another guy that was playing overseas last week where Hatton got his W at the BMW PGA Championship at Wentworth. And then Justin Su, just the last one, you know, a couple other guys are there, the Siwoos, the Neemans, the ones we're going to M. We're going to talk about all these guys for this week. But Justin Su talked about him again. He's really been making a push with that same crew. And again, Wolf was here and he's right up there in the mix of them. Guys like Scheffler and that, and then just the tilting part of the guys that miss the cut on the number or like shoot minus five and don't make the cut. That's crazy, right? Redmond, Hideki, Scheffler, all these guys that were right in the mix that just didn't do quite enough. And that's still proving to be extremely tough to get six out of six through for DFS. Yeah. I was severely sweating the cut on, 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 on Friday because I needed more cow to make it. He finished at six under. Uh, if he made it, I probably would want in cash. I was like probably 10 points away from cash with a three and six lineup. Uh, so I didn't win that, but the, the betting card really helped with the layered top 20 and the layered win. Uh, so, you know, overall it was a positive week and GPPs, I didn't do that poorly uh, either. You know, uh, I lost maybe about 10% of my bankroll, which is not horrible uh, when it comes to GPPs on a week where, you know, the cut, the, no one made the cut. I mean, all these top guys were, were missing a cut on the number. Uh, so yeah, I think Snedeker made, uh, bomb birdie on like 17 and that brought the cut to 66 and ties and I wanted to choke the shit out of him uh, that really pissed me off uh, because of when that happened uh, but let's talk about some of the other stuff that happened this past week first off let's talk about uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick's comments if you haven't heard uh, basically he was on record saying that like Bryson's making a mockery of the game it was sort of out of context but that was basically just what he said saying that anyone can gain 40 pounds uh, anyone can, you know, get two inches on their driver and hit it the way he is. All I got to say is that motherfucker's a pussy. 
what a fucking pussy ass comic. I've been watching the boys here recently, and I really want to call them the C word. Uh, that's the one word I probably won't say on the pod. You've heard me say every other word. But I, I mean, God. Basically, he's degrading what Bryson has done. And it seems like what he was saying is anybody can do it, and it's not skill. Well, here's the thing. Bryson has, has put in so much work. You know, if it's anyone could do this, why the fuck hasn't your skinny ass doing Eat a fucking cheeseburger, Matthew Fitzpatrick. Lift a fucking weight. Go to the goddamn gym. Do something. Because that's why you're, you've never won on the PGA Tour. That's why you probably will never win on the PGA Tour. Because th- this is where the game is now. And, and that really pissed me off, talking about what he said. And the thing about Bryson, you look, if you take his, like, average driving accuracy for the last four years he's been on tour, last year was the best he's ever been, like 65%. But you put all those together, you know, for the last four years and, and compare it with what he's done in 2020, he might be two percentage points less in driving accuracy, but added 20 yards. I would take that any fucking day of the year, any day of the week. I mean, what Bryson is doing, and he had a little bit – uh, it, the, the the front nine on Saturday blew him away, but he came back, did his thing. Bryce is going to be around for a while, and you see what he's done with these other golfers and how he's made them think about how they're going to have to change. You know, you see Rory and DJ doing these crazy-ass videos where they're trying to swing as hard as they fucking can. And that's because of Bryson. They are trying to get better. They are trying to improve because they know that's what they have to do. What Matthew Fitzpatrick is saying is, basically, I don't want to put the fucking work in. And that's such a crock of bullshit. And I, I lost so much respect for him. And I, 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 it was horrible. I hated the way he said it. And, of course, I'm a Bryson fan. But still, it just made him come off as a whiny little bitch. Basically, like what Diamond Dallas Page used to say, a diamond upside down is a fucking pussy. And he's an upside down diamond, in my fucking opinion. What do you think? Uh, I'm all about it, man. My head around Twitter. Nobody cares. Work harder. Just stop whining. Like you said, just there's, I don't, I don't, maybe he can't go put the weight on or figure out his own stuff, or maybe it's in his head. I don't know. Maybe he has a reason that he really thinks he can't do it, but it's nothing to go out and whine about it. You know, like other people talking about after the U S open, I remember Rory mentioned some stuff, right. Said, you know, it's, it's the opposite of what you think a U.S. open champion would do, but he's found a way to do it. So, you know, what, you know, whether it's good or bad for the game, you know, it's the way it's working, working now. It's hard to wrap my head around it. That were, that was his comments. Right. But he did say multiple times, pretty impressive. Uh, you know, other guys talked about it, Harris English and Harris English said, you know, John Daly changed the game back in the day. Tiger Woods changed it again. And now Bryson sort of changing it up. And that's the key, right? There is guys that can do it. You know, Tony Finau has mentioned, maybe I'm going to put a little more moxie behind my, my swing and make it happen. And then other guys have said, I don't know if his back will hold up. So I don't really want to risk it. So there is risk that goes with it. He's reaped the rewards already from it. And that's, in my opinion, plenty fine. You know, not everybody's going to be good at everything. There's lots of people that do this in daily fantasy. They go out every week and say, oh, he's got all these lineups. He's got all these projections and his own special stuff. And that's why he keeps winning everything. But they, they got to put the money. That's the risk. They have to go play all that money that they can easily lose it all. And then they got to grind and put their time. And maybe they're, they're staying up from 10 p.m. till 2 a.m. when everybody else is going to bed and getting up for work in the morning. And they're just staying up till 2 a.m. And then going to work the next day all the same because they want to get better at something. And that's what it always comes down to. Putting the work in, man. You put yourself in these positions. It'll happen. For a guy like Fitzpatrick to say that, I actually liked Bryson's comments. You know, talk about the rebuttal for a second. Coming back saying, listen, if that's how he, he didn't even really slander the guy. He just, you know, killed him with kindness and said, look, 
I'll help this guy out. I'm willing to even work on a training plan with him. He said, meal plan, get him, you know, talk about getting a chef, different stuff. He was basically saying, I'll show you that it, something can be done. Maybe you don't get to my level. What if Matthew Fitzpatrick doesn't even know what he could unlock? What if he could get bigger, stronger, hit the ball further, and he ends up being more accurate? Because also, by the way, it's not very easy to be accurate when you're slamming the ball that far. And on top of that, Bryson says there's more to come. So I hope Matthew Fitzpatrick's ready for that. When at the Masters, he says he's busting out an even longer driver that he's going to be even more accurate with, and he's basically going to treat it like Happy Gilmore and just pound it out there as far as he possibly can. I mean, Bryson said he's going to hit 2,000 drives with his new driver, the longer 48-inch driver from here until the Masters. I, I, I doubt fucking Matthew Fitzgerald has 2,000 drives on the range. <laughs> Give him a new a name now. Don't even call him year. by his real name. Matthew Fitzgerald, you said. That's perfect. Oh, uh, whatever. Fuck him. I, that dude, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, fuck that dude. I, that dude pissed me off. Just stay on the stay on the European tour where no one gives a fuck and just stay over there. Don't, just don't come over here and talk that bullshit. Uh, that shit pissed me off. It was speaking so wrong. speaking of some me. bullshit over there, what about, what about the hoodie gate? Hatton gets his win, but he's wearing a hoodie. Mind you, 2K21's coming out and got JT rocking a hoodie on the front cover. It's a new world. Welcome to the modern age. And everyone wants to talk about hoodies are an issue. Yeah, that shit's so stupid. I, that's, that's what keeps golf down. Like the, the non-inclusion of, 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 of different styles and different types of attitudes and people. I mean, like, that's just horrible shit. Like, wear the fuck what you want. At least look professional. Don't look like a fucking slob. But I mean, like, where the fuck would you want? Where would you look comfortable? It's like 60 degrees and raining. Why the fuck wouldn't you wear a hoodie out there on the European tour? I mean, who's, who, who has a problem with that? I know I was reading some Twitter uh, feed where a guy was playing at some course and a marshal ran down the fairway because he was wearing the wrong socks. Wearing the wrong fucking socks. Like, this is why people don't like golf. This is why the game can't grow. Let that shit go. You know what I'm saying? It makes it so it seems like it's still a rich old white man sport. And that's just not going to fly in this day and age. You know what I'm saying? That is just not going to fly where we are living in the world today. Uh, it's not going to grow the game. It's going to make people hate the game is what it's going to do. So, so, so all those old heads who think like that, fuck you. Let these guys wear what they want. Um, and and. I, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it, and it's dumb, and it's bad for the game. Tyler? Yes, sir? Any rebuttal? What do you think? <laughs> I, just, I mean, I'm with you. I, like I said, I, I just brought it up because I wanted to hear your take on it. I think it's just a waste of time, waste of space. We go on about so many things. It's already been talked about enough times about dress code. I don't mind the, you know, the pants versus shorts thing. If you want to say that's what it has to be, then go ahead. But it's the same thing backwards. I, I don't really care about anything with it. I just think the idea is they want to keep it professional. So fine, whatever you think that is, if I go to work and you say, I got to wear a suit somewhere, I'm going to wear a suit somewhere. That's just what you told me to do. That's the dress code. But some of the stuff is silly. And like I said, the fact that it's a hoodie, I just thought it was more funny that the, you know, the video game pretty much is, you know, what the modern age is all about right now is everyone's following along, waiting for 2k 21 to come out. And it's got a hoodie on the front cover. And that wasn't even something that's brought up. So I don't know. I think, like you said, it's kind of a waste of space even talking about it. I just thought it was funny that that was the, the big deal. Mind you, Terrell Hatton, back to golf here for a second, taking down another pretty tough event with a good field over there. That's a, you know, a sight to see because he's got like three wins now or something since the return or, or sorry, just before at the API, but all with good courses and, and good fields. So he's really turned it on right now. And he still doesn't seem to get a lot of respect when it comes to things like betting and prices and lines and, and lineups and stuff like that you're talking about. 
Yeah, I mean, Baroff had Hatton last week at the end of the pod, if you guys listen. So that was good on Baroff. I mean, uh, it's a shame he didn't get the Wolf double, but I was sort of happy because I had Laird. Um, one other thing about the uh, the tournament, let's uh, all this controversial stuff, let's go over. One thing I did notice, uh, Danny McCarthy last week, I forgot to notice this, um, finished 57th and had 22 birdies, which was like tied for 15th. So you got to remember in these type of events, I know I'm totally flipping the script right now it's because I need to stop being angry and just talk about golf. Um, so again, we're going to be in another field like we are going to be in this week, where it's, it's, it's DraftKings scoring, it's going to be birdies, and that's what you're going to have to look for. And I totally flipped it. So let's move on to the Listener League for this week. And the reason I was talking about that is because I'm looking over the Listener League um, lineup, and it was won by Lubs06. Uh, it looks like a, uh, I don't know what his avatar is. It's some football player smoking a cigarette. Um, I am not sure what it is, but Loves 06 was the winner of the Listener League last week. He had Bryson, he had 686.5 points, which is a shit ton. He had Bryson DeChambeau with 122.5 points, uh, 19% owned, uh, finished in eighth place. Danny McCarthy, who I was just talking about, he was uh, 20% owned, 82.5 points, 22 birdies. Matthew Wolf, 41% owned, so good on you. Uh, DJ Nation for getting that one right. Uh, 142 point, uh, 142 points, finished in second. Ryan Palmer, 89 points, uh, finished in 34th, 8.76 points, or 8.76% owned. Party Marty Laird, 6% owned, 152.5 points. And Cameron Trugali, who's another one that we liked last week, uh, 2.35% owned, 98 points, finished in 19th place. What do you think of the lineup? Hey, you got all the scores. If you couldn't tell what his avatar looked like in first place, just look at fourth place because he's right there as well. So uh, two of his three lineups were right at the top in the in the top four and good on Lubs 06. Lineup was solid. You you mentioned it basically, you know, going up top, getting w- with uh, Bryson, which you thought would be, you know, a guy here is obviously going to make the cut, be able to score. What's that going to look like in the end? You don't know, but probably going to be required. And when you put up 122 points, you're likely to show up in the winning lineup. So you got Bryson, Wolf, and then uh, Denny at ownership, and then you got three guys under 10%. So nice little mix and match of them. Like you mentioned with the McCarthy thing, we are going to talk about that for this week. Again, birdies are better is going to be huge. Now, Denny goes and throws out, you know, seven bogeys and three doubles or worse. That obviously affects him, and coming in 57th place doesn't help, but there's just such a wide margin. I mean, it's if you're not in the top three spots for the position points, or maybe say top five where it really matters, then beyond that, it's not really a huge deal. And when you look at, you know, a guy that's got 22 birdies like that, He's right there in the mix, you know, putting up 82 and a half at 57th place in the tournament. It's all about scoring and that's the game we play. So I, I think that's going to be important again, looking at it for this week and something you should be all, always be doing, but even more so this week in something like a no cut event that that can be the, the big difference between, you know, being way up there and, and just making a lineup that just cashes and has the safe way out. Yeah. Loves was a, is a member of the site I work for. Uh, so he was on that Slack chat. So you know, good on him. Also, I think a third place guy was a member of the site I work for as well. So uh, solid work for these guys. Good work. Let's get on to this week. Uh, new event. So it's going to be fun. New course. It was not that much info on it, but we'll, we'll, I'll get it done. So the PGA Tour finishes its Las Vegas swing as the top golfers in the world head to the Shadow Creek Golf Course for the CJ Cup. This event usually is taking place in Korea, but because of the pandemic, it has been moved to the Sin City. Uh, this is the first PGA event ever to be held at Shadow Creek, and the only time most people have ever seen the course was during the match between Tiger and Phil in 2018. 
you can't really glean too much information from that telecast uh, because, of course, will be set up much different than it was uh, then, especially when it comes to the length of the rough. There are only 78 golfers playing this week with no cut. Strategy-wise, this leads to some dilemmas because of the unknown nature of the course. Personally, for me, when it comes to cash games, I'll probably be avoiding the Euro golfers that played last week's BMW. For GPPs, I think they'll be fine, but I don't want to take the risk of jet lag or tiredness from these guys, especially when it comes to an automatic paycheck. It's pretty, pretty easy for some of these guys to mail it in under these circumstances. In cash, uh, I would also prefer golfers to play last week at TPC Summerlin unless said golfer is one of the world's elite. Uh, for many, this will be their first appearance since the U.S. Open, and the rush factor, of course, might kick in. Uh, in GPPs, I just throw everything I said out the window and play who you like. Uh, with an elite field like this, ownership should be spread out, uh, save for a couple of golfers like Wolf, Neiman, and some others. Uh, Shadow Creek is a 7,500-yard par 72 with a traditional four par fives and four par threes. This might sound long, but just like last week, the course is played at about 2,000 feet, al- 2,000 feet in altitude. Three of the par threes are over 200 yards and will be challenging, but the par three 17th is only about 160 yards and will be very scenic with a waterfall and other visual amenities. Three of the par fives should be reachable by all, uh, but the par five 16th, the mammoth 622-yard par five, and will be only reached by the longer hitters. The course finishes on a short par five, which could lead to fireworks come Sunday. Five of the par fours are a bit lengthy, playing between 465 and 500 yards with the par four six hole possibly being the most difficult hole on the course as it stretches out over 500 yards. The other five are fairly short, under 435 yards, with the 11th hole being a risk-reward 324-yard drivable par four. Off the tee, golfers will see severely tree-lined, above-average-sized rolling fairways with about 74 bunkers in play throughout the course and eight water hazards. The rough should be between about three and four inches, uh, and it's Bermuda grass overseeded with rye. On approach shots, golfers will see smaller-than-average greens, about 5,500 square feet on average, surrounded by bunkers, and many of the greens will be elevated. The greens themselves are bent grass and should play around 12 on the stint meter. The undulating greens have been compared to Augusta, so expect multi-tiered, slopey putts with plenty of break. The Tom Fazio design course doesn't have the feel of desert golf, even though it's in Las Vegas. It's very lush, and thousands of pine trees are shipped in to give it more of a Carolina golf feel. If you're looking for correlated courses, I'd take a peek at Eagle Point and Quail Hollow, both of which have hosted the Wells Fargo Championship. Tampa, how are you going about this week with no cut, the unknown course, and what, what are you looking for? Who's the most money hungry golfers on tour? I think that's one of the things I'm going to look at just for guys that want to, you know, they all want to get money. Everyone wants to win, but this is one of the biggest prize pools we're going to see in a while. The other thing you mentioned is like not seeing the course. So that's sort of an aside and more of a joke, but I just think that, you know, the, the big deal here is just, it's a course we've only seen for the match. As you mentioned, I'm excited to see more of it. You know, this is one we're going to get to see a lot more shots, hopefully as if the coverage comes through for us as it normally doesn't, but if it does, I want to see more of this course. I know, you know, some guys that have played it and been there and talked about it. And basically they just say that it, it's the nicest course that you can see. So I want to see more of it. Anything I looked at on YouTube and online, it was, you know, really nice setup. Good, good on that. But as far as stats and stuff go, it's what we talked about earlier, right? You're going to go, and you're going to be looking at birdies are better. You're looking at DK scoring, what guys have been doing lately. You mentioned a little bit about the Euro event and coming across. I don't know. I won't completely ignore them because I think that's one thing that will go overlooked. I also feel like for whatever reason, maybe it's just because what we had with this condensed schedule or the way it's been lately, I feel like this is going to be more condensed ownership 
than normal. It's, you know, whatever, a 78-man event, you know, I get all that, but it feels like when we get to DJ, for example, as much as Rom, JT, Rory, those guys are right there, it just feels like everyone's going to roll with DJ and go down. And I know I'm segueing into it, but that's just an idea around how I'm going to be building my lineup. So maybe having some hedge spots with some bets on a guy like DJ, I could just bet him and maybe skip out or, or go light on him in DFS if he's going to get up around 30, 35%. Uh, but we'll see. It's only Monday, right? This is our first look, but definitely treating it like a normal, almost like a WGC where you're just getting the no cut, scoring as many points as possible and trying to get lineup combinations that are different than everybody else, but still have a high upside chance at the top. Well, let's talk about DJ and let's start these tiers from the 10K, 10K range. We got, uh, I think, Matthew Wolf all the way up to John Rahm. I'll go ahead and start. Uh, I do think Dustin Johnson is going to be probably one of the most popular golfers uh, in the field. He does have the course record at Shadow Creek. Uh, It's actually in the bathroom at Shadow Creek. That's where you can see course record Dustin Johnson. I think it was, I don't know what it was, 66. 66. Yeah. And so he's going to be a popular golfer. And the way his game fits, it's suitable for every single course. The way I'm going to get around this is I'm going to start my first cash game cornerstone with Dustin Johnson in cash. So as you know, my idea when it comes to cash games is I only use one cash game lineup. And and whoever I use in cash, I never really roster more than 20%. So I will definitely be lighter on Dustin Johnson. Oh, uh, Martin Laird's. I'm rewatching the the tournament from last week, and they're showing Laird's shot on nine the bunker shot and it's so sick anyways so so dustin johnson uh he he you know the length his his skill on longer par fives he's first in the field in the last 100 rounds from 450 to 500 yards i don't think you have to go over too many stats with this guy so i'm going to use him as my first cash game cornerstone my second cash game cornerstone and i don't really do this that often but again this is a no-cut event you can be a bit more aggressive when it comes to making your lineups you can go almost stars and scrubs, which is basically what I'm doing uh, this week because I really want Matthew Wolf, And I think Matthew Wolf will be probably first or second most popular golfer in the field also, along with Dustin Johnson. So that's how I'm hedging it uh, with it. So if they do well, cash game lineup will win. And I'll still have a little piece of them uh, in, in GPPs, even though it's not going to be as much as probably everyone else. Again, I don't have to go over Matthew Wolf too much. Everyone knows the way he's playing. Everyone knows how he's doing in the game, his current form. He's been one of the best on tour for the last month to six weeks. So I'm going to roll with those two guys in my cash game cornerstones. And, of course, i got to go low uh, in this. But there are plays in the lower 7K range and the 6K range that I'm comfortable with playing in cash, especially in a no-cut event. Now, GPPs, uh, I'm going to play just Thomas or Rory. Or both. I haven't decided yet. I'm leaning towards Rory right now. He showed a little bit more. Uh, he went through a little funk uh, in the beginning of the restart. But the last few events, he sort of turned it back on. His iron game has been a lot better. Uh, and we'll see how popular he gets. And Justin Thomas, again, another guy who's won um, at Quail Hollow. Uh, uh, Tom Fazio, maybe correlated course. Uh, first in strokes game, T to green. First in opportunities game, last 100 rounds. I think either one of those plays are going to be great. I'm probably leaning Rory first to save a couple hundred dollars. Uh, but it's possible that I play both since I am going to be light on Dustin Johnson and Matthew Wolf. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, the, you know, the biggest thing for me is that DJ and Wolf are the most popular, probably just because of, like you said, everything, the stats, everything that goes with DJ for what he's been doing lately. Wolf from last week is going to carry over. But there's other guys there, like even X is interesting to me. You know, any other time we'd be talking about X, no cut event, upside scoring stats, pretty much everything you could possibly think about across the board. 
on a guy like X is good. You know, he plays usually out in San Diego. I'm sure he ventures out to Vegas for some money games with guys like Mickelson and whatnot, who always wants to talk him up as being underrated, even though Phil's a little lost when it comes to that one. He's normally pretty woke, but when it comes to Xander, it's, oh, this guy's underrated. Well, we know that, Phil. We follow this on the daily. So I'm going to be on some Xander at 10-3. I like that. I'm also going to be on Rom up top. I, I think that's a great pivot. If, if people, I don't know who people are going to do as of right now. Like I, said, I just feel like Dustin Johnson is going to be the most popular by a mile. So uh, pretty much every article I read today, things I looked around, Twitter, everywhere was already on DJ. So I'm going to bet DJ when we get to the bets later. But I like uh, I like Rom, I like JT, and I like X. Those are sort of my three in there where, where most are going to be on DJ and Wolf. So uh, it feels good at the top to be a little bit different. The rest of the way, probably going to be a little bit more chalky. Yeah, uh, I, I, I like the Rom play. Uh, he played last week at the BMW, correct? Um, I believe so, yes. I think he did. A little worried about that. But, I mean, when it comes to these elite guys, I think they can handle it. Uh, I don't think it's that too much, but I, I, I'm not sure about Rom. I mean, of course, he, he lays out pretty well on a course like this. Uh, he did come in fourth at Eagle Point in 2017, another Tom Fosley, of course. Uh, so, uh, I, you know, when it comes to these elite guys, just pick your favorite and play them uh, when it comes down to it. I, I think I'm going to go with Rory uh, as my GPP play in this range. We'll see how it goes, but I do think Rom and Sander will be the lowest owned two uh, in this range because of all these different names down here. So if you want to go that I don't think he did play last week. That's all I was thinking about for a second. I I don't think he did play over there. I know Rose and and a couple other guys, you know, Fleetwood, um, Reed, those guys, but but I don't see Rom in the field, and I wasn't following it too much beyond watching the stuff with Hatton, but I didn't see Rom in that field at all. I I still don't see him. Uh, Yeah, you could be right. I'm not 100% sure about that. Uh, Either way, uh, I I think him and Xander will be the two lowest zones. So if you want to go that route, go that route. Uh, let's go to this 9K range. And I, I go ahead, Tim. You can go ahead and start on a 9K. Yeah, I'll follow up with uh, Cantlay. Uh, you know, I think he's still sitting there at 9,800. Again, another guy you can go, uh, you know, the pivots off of Wolf up and down are there. I get Wolf. I'll, I'll probably have some shares, but I certainly like Cantlay a lot more. I don't know what happened on Sunday, but, you know, it's one of those days. You just have a bad day, right? The rest of the term, he actually looked really good. He's always got the, you know, stats as far as approach and, and you know, T to green in general, all the stuff that we're looking for when it comes to an event like this. And then he's right inside, you know, in the last 50 rounds, he's sixth in par five scoring. He's in the mix in birdies are better DraftKings scoring. So, uh, you know, approach, he's always there. I, I like something like that. The guys I like a lot more though, are Morikawa, who I, I mentioned at the top of the show, going to stay on him. Don't care. Uh, you know, that's good for me. If, if people don't want to go there and they want to go to Hatton for winning last week, which is normally not the case or anyone else, I'm going to be overweight on Morikawa. I like that spot. I already know that first look or not. Don't really care. What his ownership comes in at, I'll be the, unless he's, you know, 30%. Fracture prints your digital photos directly onto glass, making your favorite moments come alive in vivid color. Hand assembled in the USA, Fracture glass prints are a unique and beautiful way to display and share your favorite moments. Simply upload your photo at FractureMe.com, select your size, and your glass print will be shipped to you, ready to hang with just one screw. Use code POD15 to get 15% off your order today. That's code POD15 at FractureMe.com. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. 
That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. That I might not be overweight, but I'll be at least there with 30 or 35. Not enough to talk about, but like him, and you know, when you get to the stats across the board, you know, third in approach, 10th in DK scoring, 11th in birdies are better, top 15 in par five scoring. So all that stuff lines up. Again, another thing you mentioned earlier, I think, was with the par fives here. All four are reachable by these types of guys. So there's going to be eagle opportunities. There's going to be scoring opportunities like crazy. And so someone like him at 9,500, I love. I think the darling underneath him, Tony Finau, will get some love as well. And I'm going to definitely have some Finau. I think, you know, with the Corona withdrawal, maybe I'm not sure if that's going to come back and, and make his ownership go up or down because people still like to play him. But obviously a lot of narratives will come out as the week goes on. And one of them has to be Tony, Tony Vegas Finau you know, out there playing for money since he was a kid, call it, with his brother, doing stuff like that. I'm sure he's been here plenty of times. So I think that's a spot where you could go back to a guy like Tony, and, and if he ends up coming in lower, that'd be great. Probably won't, but I'll certainly be on him. You talk about, you know, the stuff with Bryson earlier, how he's, you know, added the the um, distance and trying to put it out there a little bit more. He's always got complete game and in strong fields does typically pretty well. So there's, you know, Tony's there. Matsuyama right back to the well. I know it didn't, you know, he damaged up some people there last week. It's just classic Matsuyama, right? 9,900, suck you in, go play him. And then that's what he does. That's fine. 9,200, I'm definitely going to be back on him. Again, nothing changed from last week to this week as far as stats and what we have on him when it goes to approach. He's sixth in the last 50, pretty much top 20 in everything, you know, off the tee, birdies are better, DK scoring, all that stuff. At 9,200, you could put him into even, I'd feel fine in like a cash game or single entry or something like that. He's going to, and typically in these cases, he comes through. So I'm going to go to him. And the last guy I've got some interest in here is Victor Hovland. Just for the scoring ability, you know, I don't know how popular he gets, but at 9K, it's sort of that just over the top. If he was 8,900, it feels like he'd be even more popular. But if you look at the stats across the board, fifth on approach, uh, sixth in opportunities gained, up top 20 in the birdies and DK scoring categories and 18th in par five scoring again, can not much to look at. Don't really care about course history anyway, in, in most cases. And what he's been doing lately is fine as well was when it comes to rolling stats and bringing them in, he pops in my, in my model as well. So I do like Victor Hovland to round it out at 9,000. Yeah. You know, I know people will probably ask like, how are you going to play four guys in a 10 K range? I make about, I'm probably making about 70 lineups this week. And the reason I'm going to do that and I feel comfortable doing that is because I really don't like many people in this nine K range. My favorite is probably going to be Victor Hovland. Uh, you know, his iron game has been really strong the last couple of times he's been out, uh, you know, it's solid across the board, like top 15, top 10 in every single stat that I'm looking for uh, this week. Bent is his best putting surface. So Hovland is my favorite play, and I'm not sure if I'm going to play anybody else. Uh, maybe Hideki. That's it. But as of now, I think Hovland's the only guy that I want to play in the 9K range. And the reason for that is, the difference between the golfers in the 10K range and 9K range is substantial, uh, in my opinion. I think the level of play, uh, the win equity is so much larger for Matthew Wolf up than anyone in this 9K range, uh, especially like, you know, Cap- Cantlay, you don't know what you're going to get from him. A lot of it had to do his putter. Of course, he's been a good putter throughout most of his career, so that, that, that could be part of what he's going to do this week. But I didn't like what I saw on Sunday with him. Uh, and, of course, that happened on a course where he dominates all the time. Outside of that, this game really hasn't been that great. Uh, you got Kepko, who's coming off injury. You have no idea what he's going to do. Hatton, uh, coming off a win, uh, flying over from uh, the BMW. Morikawa, whose game hasn't looked the same since he won the PGA Championship. Finau, 
maybe. Uh, but he does have some things on his mind. He's getting sued for $16 million. Uh, he had the COVID scare last week. Uh, so we'll see how much mentally he's in it. Berger, I just don't like in this type of field with the, these names around him. Hideki, maybe. Fleetwood flying over. No win equity from Tommy. Uh, so, I mean, like, that's what I think when it comes down to this 9K range. I just hate it. So I, I like Hovland. That's probably the only guy I'm going to play in the 9K range. And that makes it easier for me to roster four guys, maybe 20, 15, 20%, uh, 20% Wolf, 20% um, a DJ, 40% Rory, 40% JT, or something like that, and start all my lineups with one of those four guys. Uh, and then if I want to, you know, shuffle that, I can do like a, a JT Rory or a, a Rory Wolf, you know, a, a few of those, so I can start lineups and be different and just start with, you know, maybe a uh, maybe a, uh, a, a Hovland and just go from there to have those contrarian-type lineups uh, in the field as well and still be able to do that. So that's how I'm going about going about my GPPs this week. And I just don't like the 9K range. Hovland's my guy. Uh, let's move to this 8K range. Now, I do like the 8K range uh, a lot. A lot of these guys have been playing some really good golf here recently. Fuck Matthew Fitzpatrick, first off. Secondly, Sung J.M., Tequila Green games are really good. Approach games been solid. It looks like he's found what he was missing there for a little bit during the restart. So I like Sungjae this week. Usti, been playing exceptional golf. He, he sort of faded a little bit on the weekend, but he's been playing really, really well here recently. He's never really too popular for GBP, so I like Usti. Sergio Garcia, even after his win, played extremely well last week. Was, you know – was in contention the first couple of days uh, for the tournament. I didn't finish as well as he wanted, but I like Sergio. And Abraham Answer, probably my favorite play. I got a bet on him this week at 50-1. to one. Uh, He did really well last week, playing good golf. Iron game has been strong, uh, so I do like Abe. Uh, so I like these guys in the 8K range uh, a bunch. You know, Abe putts pretty well on bent. Um, I guess he wasn't. he did a lot of his damage with the putter. Uh, last week, but I just like the way he, I just like the way he plays, and I think a win's going to come for him, and I think it's going to come soon. Uh, with that fourth place, I mean, if you look at like a, a lot of his finishes, a lot of them were bunched up. Second at the Heritage, eleventh at the Travelers the next time, fourth at the WGC HSPC last year, eighth at the OHL the next time, um, eighth at the Travelers a couple of weeks in 2019. A couple of weeks later, second at the Northern Trust. Uh, you know, he had that three, he had that stretch. Uh, in the in the fall in 2018, fifth in the CIMB, two weeks later, fourth in the Shriners. He does things like that where he plays with a little bit of momentum going into the event. So I like Abe Answer. Who do you like in this range? I like a few guys. I like Scheffler. Uh, you mentioned Fitzpatrick. Obviously not really high on that, but Scheffler – at 8,800, I mean, it's another guy you got to go back to the well on because he disappointed some folks last week. But when you look at stats for him, not much change. He knocked the rust off the week before, we thought. Then he goes out and misses a cut. Now, again, it was a tournament where you had to basically, what, seven under to make the cut or something. So it's really not going to be easy. It takes, you know, two good days of golf. But had he have just made the weekend, who knows what would have came from that. So looking back at stats, you know, off the tee, opportunities, birdies are better, fifth in the last 50, 11th in DK scoring, and 19th in par five scoring all this stuff lines up for this course. I think he's a guy that's not going to miss many cuts in a row. So the fact that, you know, he had a rough outing, missed a cut. It looks like a good bounce back spot at 8,800. You mentioned him. He's a little bit interesting, especially in the rolling stuff. Harris English. I, I kind of like these guys more than a guy like Louie, just because Louie, I still want at events that I don't think there's going to be as much scoring, you know, a 10 under win 
or an eight under wins it. I, I like him to grind it out. I don't like him to pop up for four straight rounds and put up big numbers. Uh, Sergio putting blind. He's coming back off a win. I think this is going to be another spot. You could go back to him. It's just the same thing when it look, when you look at off the tee and stuff like that uh, and how that affects this, how that affects the players and how they are going to use that at this course. I think it's big and he's actually been really good when it comes to that. So I think he's a guy that could pop. And then I don't know, some of these other guys get interesting after that, like Jason day, Ricky Fowler and Casey. I don't really like anybody off a hot putter. I know there's a guy later you'll talk about that, uh, you know, is off a hot putter that I typically think is a hot putter. I mean, you know, we've mentioned that in the past. I talked about it last week with Notorious on my Wednesday show over at Roto Grinders after I missed uh, the pod here. But, you know, when it comes to a guy like Answer, I don't know if he's going to sustain that. But what stands out to me here is, you know, someone mentioned, I forget which article I read this in today. It might have been Steve Bamford, who most of you probably read his stuff already, is a, you know, a great writer, comes out with some good stuff and some little nuggets within his article. It might have been that one. And he said, you know, the Augusta, narrative right you got some undulation some of the faster bent grass you, you got some of the ideas even one of the holes is almost molded after uh, one of the augusta holes so you, you think about stuff like that and then you got a guy like day fowler casey guys all in this range rose who are going to segue into the next range all these guys do well at augusta pretty much every time out matsuyama who i mentioned earlier finau sort of guys like that so any thoughts on that kenny because those guys interest me to round out this range and it, it does make some sense and they can putt you know, a guy like Fowler and Day, they can make some putts. So what, what's your thoughts on those guys for GPPs or something like so that? I, I know you can play whoever you want, but I think they're interesting, more than here, most probably think. Here's my issue with Fowler. What he reminds me of, and this is horrible to say, but he's starting to remind me of Spieth. Like, he knows that he's playing poorly, okay? And so at certain points in time, he presses and does things that he probably shouldn't do. If you look at what he did on Friday uh, last week, it was well within the cut line. And then on that par five, he just tried some ridiculous shot. For, I don't know why. And I think that because mentally he knows that he's struggling. So he thinks that he needs to do things that he normally shouldn't do or can't do. I think that's a problem that Spieth has had. And I think that's a problem that Ricky is having right now. So I do not trust Ricky. Uh, at that point in time, because I think he knows he's struggling. He knows his game has been poor for an extended period of time. It's not like it's been a short amount of time. It's been for a year plus. His game has not really been up to Ricky Ricky standards. And I think mentally he presses because of that. Mentally, he does things on the course that he normally wouldn't have done when he had his game on point. And I think that comes up to bite him in the ass more often than not. We see big numbers from him often now, just like we do from Spieth. Spieth will be in it, and then he'll get an eight. Ricky's in that same mold. I'm not saying Ricky is Spieth yet, but it's worrisome. It is worrisome, and I don't think I'm going to play Ricky for a while uh, until he gets this shored up if he does, because we've seen sometimes you can't get it back a la Spieth. And that's my problem with Ricky Fowler. Uh, now, I understand the Augusta narrative. Uh, Jason Day interests me. Uh, I'm not 100% sure about him, but he interests me uh, in this train. Uh, and I do – I rose maybe. Again, his game seems to be turning around a little bit, but he's been playing like dog shit too. So I'm not sure uh, about him either. The price is tempting. Uh, for him at $7,800, but I'm not sure. So let's move on to the 7K range. What do you think about Ricky? Like, I, first off, before we move on, because I think I think there's issues in his head. 
And I think that's the problem he's been having on the course. First off, it was performance issues, which led to mental issues. I think the breaks hurt him some. I think, you know, getting married, all that stuff changes things. And who knows what's going on at home or how things are there. Maybe he's thinking about kids. Who knows? We can't really get inside the mind, but all we're here to talk about golf. And I think the biggest thing with Ricky is you said it. You didn't put him in the class of speed. And I don't think you can because it's not even close, in my opinion, yet to that. I've been hating on Ricky more than most lately. He's always been my guy. And, you know, I've talked a lot about that over this last, you know, swing season or, or even the start of the restart and all of that. But to be honest, it's crazy. He's been playing probably the worst golf of his career, maybe. Uh, at least a stretch of it. And he's still sitting top 25. And, you know, when I'm looking at key stats for the last 50 rounds, he's top 25 and off the tee opportunities gained birdies are better gained and DK scoring. So you've got all that. Now we got a no cut event on bent grass, which is his best, you know, in hot weather, probably feels pretty comfortable. All that stuff that goes on out here at 8,100. I got to take some stabs. So I'll certainly be playing them. I'll definitely play him over a guy like answer. And, and I love answer too. It's just in my opinion, He's still a better golfer, whether it's been lately or not. That's the other thing too. Is just you mentioned. I don't think I don't think Fowler's been a better is a better golfer than Answer anymore. I don't I think, think, he, I, think that's, I don't think I don't he think is. that's close. Yeah, that's. I don't think he. I don't think he is at all. Yeah. Uh, we I, can I argue that we, one we, another we, we time. Agree but, on that, but I mean, like Fowler, yeah. like I said, mentally he's not there. And in my opinion, that's the most important part of the game for a lot of people. And yeah, he's but not this there. is like so. Two things I'm going to say. One is. You know, the, what I was going to say before that you said that, and I'm not, you know, going to agree or disagree. I just say I, I, I do disagree, but I'm saying it's not really worth getting into because it's such a long thing to compare against. But it's, you know, Ricky has still shown it. And we're talking how quickly you're going to write off after, a, you know, a six month restart to put someone else in front is insane. When you just look back to even this same year for Ricky, the year 2020 still contains you know, a fifth at the Tournament of Champions, a 10th at the American Express, an 18th at the API, a 12th recently at the, at the Rocket Mortgage, a 15th at the WG St. Jude. And you can do an answers list. I'm just saying, you're not going to put this guy in Spieth's category as a write-off. It's, it's hard to win tournaments. It's hard to finish tournaments. And that's my opinion on that. But it also goes to this week in DFS. There's going to be so many people that say, well, since we have no course history and since we can only go off the stats, they're going to use the exact same stats we're talking about. And what did you do for me lately as in last week? That's, that's ridiculous. If you think about looking at this tournament from a perspective of getting unique and finding different guys and having an angle in and trying to win, you, you got to take some of these stands. And a guy like Ricky, in my opinion, is not really a crazy stand. It's just a guy that's priced down at 8,100 that absolutely could have upside in a tournament like this. So I'm not going to sit here and die on Ricky Hill. I'm just saying it's a, a reason I brought it up. And like I said, to write off what he's been doing. I mean, we're talking about late 2019, even last year to end out the playoffs, by the way, 11th in the BMW ninth at the hero, you know, 19th at the tour championship, fifth in the tournament championship, sorry, the playoffs and leading in to the next season. So he's got numbers. It just hasn't had him lately. And we can write him off for that, but I'm going to play him in GPPs because of that. Yeah. I, I just, I just can't get behind Ricky uh, right now. I just, I, I think mentally he's gone. Uh, and I just don't like the way he looks on the course. Again, another guy who you don't really see smile on the course anymore. Like Spieth. I, I just think mentally he's gone. But let's move on. Let's go to the 7K range. I'll go over my final two cash game cornerstones. They're going to be both here. First off, it's going to be Joaquin Neiman. Of course, a better putter on bent. Approach game is strong. Really good on short par fours. There's going to be about five uh, shorter par fours. Uh, uh, proximity from 200 plus. There's going to be a bunch of those shots this week with three par threes over 200 yards plus the par fives. Good on that. Um, I really like Neiman this week. He's been playing decent golf. He played really pretty well last week as well. So Neiman's going to be my third cash game cornerstone. And my final cash game cornerstone was tough. Uh, I was trying to figure it out. Uh, but I'm going to go with Brian Harmon at $7,200. Uh, 
Uh, I think the, the, the thing about Harmon is, if you look, he won an Eagle Point uh, 2017, Tom Fazio Design Course, Tree Line, Carolina, which is what this course is going to feel like, uh, maybe a little bit longer, but with the altitude, maybe not that much longer at all. And then you think about it, you know, he doesn't have that much upside, but you look, three top 15s in his last five events. In his last 16 rounds, not including the U.S. Open or the BMW, which were just impossible courses to play, uh, nine rounds of 67 or better, five rounds of 66 or better, four rounds of 65 or better, with a 63 and a 64 in there. 22 birdies last week. Uh, so I, I'm going to go with him. I know a lot of it goes on the hot potter. What do you think about that? About Harmon? I mean, if we're just doing two month sample sizes, he's definitely better than Ricky Fowler. We know that much. We got that in the bag, but no, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not going to keep going there. I think it's good, man. I think, like you said, it's one of those things you got to remember. There's guys that, you know, like him, seven strokes game putting last week, but it's Brian Harmon. This is, you know, what he does, what he can do, what we've seen plenty of times. And I think that just keeps the confidence rolling. And he's basically, they're staying in almost the same area, right? They're not going very far. They're staying on bent grass. They're staying in warm weather. There's all of these factors and you, and you got to feel pretty good coming off the 13th. So, you know, I'll take back some of those shots I fire, but you talk about a guy like him and answer who you just mentioned with guys that were pretty much all putter last week, back to my idea of the fact that, you know, everything from just last week, this is the opposite effect where these two guys are ones that if they do stay hot with the putter and feel that confidence momentum roll over, you could see it again. Let's wait and see what ownership does and see where we want to go. And if you're really behind it, but I'd be more behind a guy like Harmon for sure. And I, and I don't mind your take on that. I said before the show, when you told me your cash game cornerstones, you know, you got to sell me on this one, Kenny. And you said you'd wait for it. And, and the win before too kind of does stand out. Like you said, just as another little factor, feeling comfortable, maybe he likes that. So, you know, I think it's a good play that not many will be on. I think less people will be on Harmon in this range at 7,200. Yeah. Well, also, if you look at it, he's, he's top 10 and, uh, par four efficiency from 400 to 450 yards in the last 100 rounds in this field. 13th in proximity from 200 plus uh, in the last 100 rounds in this field. I like the way his game's at. I like the way he's playing. So my four cash game cornerstones this week are going to be Dustin Johnson at 11,000. What is he? 11,100. Matthew Wolf at 10,000. Joaquin Neiman at 7,500. And Brian Harmon at 7,200. Now this only leaves $14,200 left which is a little bit more, less. It's a lot less than what I usually do. I try and keep it around 15000 left for your last two. But again, this is a no-cut event. I am going to be digging down into the 6K range for one of my plays. So you can play another guy in the mid-7K, even the 8K range, uh, if you want to, uh, if you go uh, this route. So that's why I'm going this way in cash. And GPPs, uh, I like Bubba. Uh, again, if you have that Augusta narrative here, I think scoring-wise with his uh, driving – and his penchant for Eagles, uh, really good on longer par fours. So I like Bubba in this range. And then, you know, you got to sell me on some other ones because I'm not really the biggest fans. Who do you like in this 7K? Maybe it's a Munoz down low has been playing consistent golf, playing well, getting a lot of birdies. What do you think in this range? Yeah, I do. I don't mind Munoz. Another decent week last week. And if you look at the stats across the board for last week's results, uh, you know, there he was dialing it in, but he's also been a guy that we've been talking about for a long time now where guys like him and Ortiz, maybe we'll talk about later, Carlos Ortiz down at 6,400. Those two sort of always seem to pop at similar times. And in the sense of that, you know, when they do make the cut, in this case, it's a no cut event. So that's great. They put up the scores and lead their way to the top of the DraftKings scoring board. So I do like that. And I like that take on Munoz. The thing on Rose earlier, I brought him up, just going back to the top of this range, 7,800 is you can get, there's a, I forget the guy's name. It's like, 
strokes gain Matt or something on Twitter, and he's got all the Euro stats compiled for last week. I'll probably have to tweet it out or something. Anyway, it's a, a nice follow. He's got some stuff on there when it comes to Euro stats. And for last week, uh, Rose had a pretty good event, but as far as tee to green approach, off the tee, everything, he was dialed. So maybe he's shaken off and found something. I know the travel's not ideal, but at the same time, you talk about all the time, these guys are pros, pros coming across. This is a spot 7,800 is extremely cheap for a guy like Justin Rose. I don't care what the field is and, and where you're at, because, you know, looking at the numbers across the board, you know, even in the last 50, 10th in par five scoring, 19th in birdies or better gain, uh, eighth in opportunities gain. He's, he's been decent anyway. And now to see that last week and this price go with it, I think he's one of the better value plays on the board. I think Neiman as well, who you mentioned is going to get a lot of love and that's for good reason. Uh, you know, bent grass is typically his better surface, hot weather, all these situations and things that line up. I think Neiman is a great place. Uh, Kevin Kisner's one of my guys that I, you know, I meant to bring up earlier as when I asked you how, who's the money hungry guys, Kevin Kisner is one of them, right? He's been on record multiple times now saying, look, when it comes to these big boy events and stuff like that, he just tries to do his best possible, but it's almost like he says this in jest and he's just there to pick up a paycheck. He says, and get as much money as he can, you know, get out of DJ's way. Cause I'm going to collect whatever money I can, but then he still creeps up to like fifth and he does pick up a nice check. And just to make things interesting last year at this event, Mind you, not here, obviously, but just at the CJ Cup. Danny Lee got second and picked up picked up over a million dollars. So anything can happen at these events. But, you know, Kevin Kisner is one I like. And Poulter, almost the same. Another guy, if you look at those Euro stats last week overseas, had a great result. Uh, you know, has a pension for a place for, for something like this. You know, I, I think um, you go to Ian Poulter as well at 7,400. He's always my guy. Bubba, who you talked about, the Augusta narrative, I'm with that. Uh, Billy Horschel, we like him normally in Florida on Bermuda. But, the, you know, when you look at overall stats across the board, he does line up and birdies are better, DK scoring, and strokes game par five. So I like that, and I think less people will be on someone like him. And I know it's not Bermuda, it's bent, but hotter weather, you know, Florida, you think about that, it's a different side of the, the country. But at the same time, it's a, a guy that can have extreme upside. And when you get him in a no-cut event at 7,200, I think that's a guy that you could play over Harmon if you're, gonna, if you're not going to trust the putting and some of the stuff that Kenny brought up. I'd be willing to go to Billy Horschel. And then last couple guys just there. Like I said, I do like this range. So uh, Siwoo Kim, just playing incredible golf lately. I think it's a guy that, you know, not as many people want to keep trusting. But if you look over the last 50, both this and my rolling stats, he's really been playing some great golf, man. Top 15 in opportunities gain, birdies are better gain, DK scoring, which are all super important here. And at 7,100, again, it's a no cut. You just got to, you know, you just got to have him go out and make some scores. And we've seen him, you know, first round leader, six under type stuff. If he can do that and then keep it rolling, we'd love to see it. And then uh, Jason Kokrak, another one to round it out. Just a guy that we follow all the time. Stats, you know, beast when it comes down to it. Sixth on off the tee, top 25 approach, 12th opportunities gain, top 25 DK scoring. This is too cheap, I think, for a guy like Kokrak at 7,000 straight. All right, this sounds good. I'd probably play some Kokrak. I can get down with that. Poulter's impressed me overseas uh, the last couple of weeks. He's been playing well. He might be a guy at that price to take the risk on the play at the BMW last week. Uh, so I do like those calls. Let's go into this 6K range. Probably my favorite play is going to be Cameron Smith. Uh, the stats don't really line up, but, I mean, he was, I think, 22 or 23 birdies last week. Uh, he hasn't lost strokes with his approaches uh, in the last six events, which is, which is one of the best uh, uh, streaks that he's had. Uh, in that range uh, in his career. Uh, he has, he pets, puts pretty well on bent grass. So I do like Cameron Smith, probably one of my favorite plays uh, in the 6K range. Um, I'll probably go a little bit of Brendan Steele also 
uh, at $6,500. He's been playing pretty good golf here recently. Iron Gain's been exceptionally strong. Uh, Cameron Champ, I think, has the upside uh, with here with his power off the tee. We'll see how that really plays out on a course where we're not 100% sure how it's going to play out. Uh, Danny Lee, again, another guy who makes a lot of birdies. Uh, lower price. You said he came in second last year. Totally different course. But again, no cut event. He does get a lot of birdies. So I like Danny Lee. Uh, Lanto Griffin, you got to use the Rick Gaiman rule on that one. Anytime he's in the six, in his 6K range, uh, you got to play him. So I'm going to go with Rick on that one. Who do you like in the 6K range? Yeah, I love that call. It's been around. You showed it to Rick. That's good. Um, I keep saying, like, I'm going to do that. I should just lock him for once and be done with it. I'll probably ruin it for everyone. But man, 6,300 for Lanto in a no cut event. The guy's just been. So good across the board, stats, results, actual results, you know, things that we're looking for. So I, I think it's a great call at 6,300, like you said, just to get him in a bunch of lineups. And if it crashes and burns for the first time ever, then you can blame me. But I'm definitely going to be getting overweight on Lanto. I think it's the spot. Like you said, Danny Lee, interesting right there. Nothing to do with the course, but like you said, just the fact he makes a lot of birdies and, you know, in general has that upside. And like I said, last year to get second for a million bucks. You know, he's out to get some money. Another guy down here that's out to get some money at 6,500, Joel Damon. He's another guy that talks about all the time, says, forget the trophy. Who cares? If I get that sweet, I'm going to play to try and win it. But if I don't, I want to collect as much cash as possible. And if you go and look at his numbers, really solid across the board for you know, off the tee approach, opportunities, all that stuff at his price seems like a steal. Again, not so much what, what have you done for me lately, but what can you do or what you're capable of? And when it comes to guy, Dominic, real quick, I mean, yeah. 11th in opportunities gained in the last hundred rounds in this field, uh, six in proximity from 200 plus last hundred rounds in this field. I like that play too. Yeah. I like that one. I think that's one that not as many people will go on Corey Connors, 6,900. There's basically not a stat he doesn't show up in. So, uh, you know, and top 10 in as far as off, off the tee approach opportunities, like there's everything there for a guy like him and upside of 6,900. We were playing them at much higher prices in the past. I know the fields were weaker, but at the same time, they weren't that weak. And 6,900 is cheap for a guy like him. Uh, Ryan Palmer, another one seems that way. If you like Rom, like Ryan Palmer, they, they always seem to go off at the same time. So even when they're together, they win, right? The Zurich. So those two, I think, uh, you know, Connors and Palmer, uh, Benny on another guy fits the, the bill. And then, you know, Kevin Streelman, if you want to get a little bit off the board there, 6,500 bucks. For him, if you look uh, across the stats for the last 50, it stands out quite a bit, actually, when you got 12th in approach, uh, top 20 in birdies are better, DK scoring, and opportunities gain. And this might surprise you, but Kevin Streelman, second in par five scoring. And I don't know, right? It's not like the, the guy he thinks going to run out and make a bunch of eagles, but just making birdies on all of them because of how tight his game is and not making many mistakes. That still adds up over the term of X amount of rounds, right? So I like a, a guy like Kevin Streelman down at 6,500 as well. We've seen him get hot at times on the West Coast. So I, I yeah, like Kevin I, Streelman. I can get on board with that definitely too. Uh, so I do like Streelman at 6,500. I mean, the thing is, there's a lot of guys in the 6K range that you can play. And I think that's why my strategy of going with as many of the top five golfers you want to roster, you feel comfortable rostering from Wolf all the way up to Rom. And then playing as many of those guys as possible. And then if you're, if you're mass multi-entering, I, I feel comfortable doing that because I don't like the 9K range. I don't really like the upper 7K range. Um, I don't really even like the bottom 7K range. But there's a lot of guys in the 6K range that I think can do something at this event, especially in a no-cut event. Uh, so I think that strategy is the way I'm going to go about GPPs this week. Yeah, I just think one thing on that is just about, you know, a good call on strategy-wise. But, you know, like 8,300 at day, 
down to 7,000 at like a guy like Kokrak or even Munoz or, or, or if you want to say 6,900 exact with Kucher and Connors, those are like all really good plays. And, you know, if you want to get outside the box, you know, obviously there's some warts or whatever you want to call it on all of them. But I definitely think that range is still stronger than the 6K. So I would be careful with how many guys in the 6K you use. I know, like, we talked about the Lanto thing, and can they get there? For sure. Like, there's Cam Champ, and there's guys with upside. I just, I probably would cap it at two 6K guys for my lineups just because I still want to get some other good plays in there above. And I think that we've seen it before. You know, you don't know, just because the guy up here wins, it, you don't always know if you'll have the right combinations. In super large field, yeah. But like I said, just in general, just watch when you're building your lineups out. And then last question, Kenny, is, is Jung Woo going to go ham? At sixty two hundred, because Jung Woo Ham is sixty two hundred dollars. Is he good? I've never even heard of him, so right. we'll see. He's Korean, so I'll probably roster him. But there's Tom Kim at sixty four hundred too. So you know that guy's been pretty. That. Yeah, that that guy's pretty damn good. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll see about that. Now I'm trying. I'm looking at rostering three guys in the ten k range. Yeah, that's gonna be tough. I don't think I can do that. So maybe I wouldn't go that far. You're right. Maybe we can't you can try it. I mean, like I said, I'm the more I look at it, there's guys like Gooch. There's guys. Well, I'm like looking Huff, at it now, and I've, I've rostered, guys, I've rostered but... Rory, JT, and Matthew Wolf. And then I'm looking at at least $6,200 left. Yeah, that's yeah. not going to work. Yeah, that's probably not going to work. So I would limit to two 6K guys in your roster. It's probably the way I'm going to go uh, as well when it comes to this. I might throw a couple with three in there and have like a, 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 a Rory, JT, a Rory, Wolf, Hovland lineup. If you got a lot like of lineups, that. have some fun with it for sure. I just try yeah. to give a little bit of insight on just how I'm looking at it because I still want to have the upside enough to get to the top, right? And have, you know, six guys that do really well or score really well, et cetera. So not saying they can't. Anything can happen on any given week, as we know. Just what I know from sort of past history and what it looks like, that's how I like to build my lineups. All right, so let's go to bets this week. Campbell, go ahead. Yeah, I told you earlier I got a little bit of the hedge there because I'm not really sure what I'm going to do yet. But DJ, 10 to 1, it's not a great number, but just how good he's been lately the upside, the bent grass wins, all, all these factors of just loving DJ, 10 to 1 seems good, right? It's solid bet. I'll take it. So I've got that. I got Scheffler back to the well, 45 to 1. I'm going to bet that. I got Neiman, 65 to 1 with the each way. And then I got Justin Rose. I talked about those Euro stats and just what he's been doing lately at 65 to 1 with the each way. It feels like a pretty good number. So uh, not a lot of bombs, though, Kenny. That's actually it. I only got four bets so far. I'm going to Leave it open a little bit for if I find anything else or if you can sell me on something, maybe. But I, I don't really want to go too far off the deep end at an event like this where I think one of the big boys gets it done, like DJ, or else I think one of these other guys that I mentioned, like a, a Rose, wouldn't surprise me the way we've had these winners lately. Yeah, I'm going Rory at 14-1. to 1. I thought about DJ Rory, but I'll take the extra four points and go Rory, 14-1. to 1. Wolf, 20-1. to 1. Sungjae, 33-1. to 1. Anster, 50-1. to 1. Neiman 50 to one and Cam Smith, hundred to one. So that's who I'm going there uh, for one and done. Uh, I really don't even know who I have left. I should probably look a little bit more. Uh, if I'm going weird, uh, I might, I might go Hovland. Um, I don't think I've used Wolf. So I'll probably go Matthew Wolf this week. Yeah, that's, I had Wolf written down just cause I think I have him available, but uh, I would take the biggest dog, like whoever you got left, the, whoever you got the biggest dog you've got in your, Bank, put them out because it's going to be a big boy event. I think one of these guys at the top could, you know, easily get it done. And then if not, sort of an interesting one that's still, I would call a big boy, but he doesn't win. It'd be the time to go there because no one will. Is Tony Finau off everything. And Matt, you know, it just makes sense. He's like 25 to 1 odds. Nothing to do with one and done. Just, just talking out loud here. Off the uh, COVID withdrawal or whatever. And then also, 
in Vegas, right? It just all makes sense. It's, it'll be the time he gets the W when nobody's on him. So uh, I don't mind a call like that at, at, uh, for one and done. If you want to be a little bit unique and get out there with it. All right, that sounds good. It should be a fun week. New course. The course is beautiful. It's going to be fun. we got a great field. Let's win some mother... Oh, no, actually, you know what? I forgot about our, our little thing. So I got too hyped real quick. I said, Tambo, why don't you tell... Uh, let's talk about where we can find each other before I get too hyped. I sort of went, went too far on that one. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter, at KendoVT. You can also find my article on gupscorner.com. I got my uh, course preview stats to look for, favorite plays, favorite bets. Uh, all of that will be on there. I'll probably add on to my course preview since there wasn't enough information um, for me today to go really expensive. I'll, I'll dig deeper and add on to that on Wednesday. Tambo. Yeah, we are definitely a little off the rails on this one. First one getting back. Maybe it's because we missed last week, but uh, it was some fun. Uh, you know, appreciate you guys out there, all the support. As mentioned, you can find me on Roto Grinders. All my work is over there when it comes to PGA content. Going to be on the Tuesday show with Noto and STL Cards. Wednesday, I have a guest on each week going over Lineup HQ. The optimizer over there is fantastic. How you can use that, what you can use it, the groups that I'm on, my final exposures, basically everything on that Wednesday show that you want to know besides my first look here, you know, what I've changed my mind on, where I'm at making hard stances. And then on Twitter at toe tag and Tambo, uh, as far as the Roto Grinders promo, rotogrinders.com slash DGen, head on over there and get five bucks off your first month. All right. So I went a little bit off the rails this week, but it's okay. That's sometimes how I roll. So let's win some motherfucking money. DGen nation. Okay, here are reasons to try a Nest mattress. One, they have a mattress for every kind of sleeper. Two, Nest offers free exchanges within a 100-night trial. And three, save hundreds on everything bedroom-related, now through the summer at nestbedding.com. Discover the new 3-Step Pro Partial Range, specifically designed to clean your partials and remaining teeth in three simple steps. Clean your partial, strengthen your natural teeth, protect your whole mouth. Stand up to further tooth loss with Polident Pro Partial. Available at Walmart. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.